live to be a witness for his kingdom. If we do so, that's where we show thanks and gratitude to God for creating our own uh, life with the purpose and mission. Thank you very much. So I've heard the church talk about this plan called I Will Go. It's got my attention, but what is it? I Will Go is the brand new strategic plan for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. The phrase is rooted in key passages like Isaiah 6, when Isaiah responded to God's call by saying, Here am I, send me. And Matthew 28, when Jesus said, Therefore go and make disciples. Now it's our turn. The strategic plan is part of our response. It will do two things. One, equip you with what you need to embrace your call to mission. And two, provide you with indicators to track your progress as you respond, Okay, Jesus, I will go. I think I'm following, but what is that mission? I'm glad you asked. Our mission as Adventists is to make disciples of Jesus Christ who live as his loving witnesses and proclaim to all people the everlasting gospel of the three angels' messages in preparation for his soon return. It is a big task, but no one has to do it alone. We have a massive support system of more than 21 million members in over 160,000 congregations throughout the world. Phew, that's a lot of members. Have we made progress? With that many, how could we not? But we're always open to improvement. I Will Go builds on the success of our previous strategic plan called Reach the World, where we set out to... Let me guess, Reach the World? <laughs> what gave it away? Following Reach the World, the church evaluated the effectiveness of our different initiatives worldwide to gain valuable insights for the future. Basically, after years of work and research, we developed that evaluation system and transformed it into a strategy that will run from 2020 to 2025, which we're calling, I Will Go. Okay, evaluation, got it. What happens with those insights? Adventist church leaders create a plan and then what? Just tell the world what to do? <laughs> Not at all. All that research will only be worthwhile if Adventists all around the world engage, collaborate, and innovate right where they are. I Will Go isn't about telling you what to do. It's about helping you follow through with what God has already placed on your heart. Every spiritual influencer needs support to be successful, and the church wants to provide that. Ooh, I like the idea of getting support. So how does it work? I Will Go is made up of 10 objectives that are divided into three areas of impact, mission, spiritual growth, and leadership. Each objective has its own key performance indicators, or KPIs for short. KPIs are measurable ways to help you determine whether or not you are achieving your current objective. There's no sign-up needed. They're there for you as you need them. Think of them like segments in a progress bar. Progress tracking sounds great, but what if I don't even know where to start? Don't worry. The KPIs also serve as a sort of brainstorming tool with examples to help you get started. Some KPIs are intended for those in church leadership roles. Others are intended for individuals like you and me. And the objectives can help you determine which KPIs to use. The great thing is, if the Holy Spirit inspires you to create something completely new that isn't on the list, yet accomplishes the mission, go for it. What about church initiatives we've already been doing? Does this mean that we'll replace them? Nope. Initiatives like digital evangelism or revival and reformation are actually methods of fulfilling the I Will Go plan. Take for example, hmm, the TMI initiative. 
It's where all members of the Adventist Church are involved in some form of intentional mission. Yes, sir. TMI is just one way to fulfill the I Will Go plan because it seeks to involve everyone. So basically, the I Will Go strategy helps Adventists like me create brand new initiatives and improve the initiatives that we already do. You got it. I Will Go is not some feel-good slogan for lukewarm members to comfortably observe mission from afar. If we're serious about completing the mission, we need to strategize. That's why we're urging all who bear the Adventist name to understand and embrace the I Will Go strategic plan, from the areas of impact down to the KPIs. We may talk the talk, but the I Will Go plan translates our mission into tangible, realistic goals in order to walk the walk. By applying them, we can ensure we practice what we preach. I think I get it now. This is a rallying cry for Adventists everywhere to fully embrace the calling God has placed on them. Jesus commanded, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And this is our opportunity to say, I will go. Whenever the Holy Spirit inspires you with ideas for how you and your local church can make an impact, we challenge you to respond, I, I will go. go. Interest in the Savior's blood died it for me who caused his pain for me who him to death pursued amazing love how can it be that thou my God choose die for me amazing love how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? He left his farm, the throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love, and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy, oh, immense and free, for oh, oh my God is found at me. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine and diffused a quickening ray, I walk the dungeon flamed with lime. My chance fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. 
behold, I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for your amazing love. We thank you that because of your love, we can come boldly before your throne, petition of you, learn of you, and stand on your word. Jehovah God, we thank you that because of your amazing love, even at such a time as this, we can have peace that passes all understanding. Father, we thank you. Jehovah God, as was prayed by a member earlier, during this difficult time, Jehovah God, fill us with your Holy Spirit so that, Heavenly Father, this peace that we have will be able to boldly share with other people around us. This is not a time for us to be in the closet, a time to keep quiet. May we magnify your name so that others may also experience the peace that you have promised to your children when you have said that even though we go through the fire, through the waters, these things will not quench us because you are with us. We are thankful that even during this time that different church members are getting ill, there is fear, Father, that you have not left us nor have you forsaken us. We thank you. Jehovah God, thank you for the reminders of reminding us that in the last days, men's hearts shall fail them with fear. But this is not our portion because you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Jehovah God, we are now excited to go into another portion of um, your service today. We thank you for the word that is going to be shared with us. We thank you for the many aspects that we are going to listen to, we know that we'll be encouraged. Thank you, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good morning and happy Sabbath for everyone. I hope all of you had a blessed week. And now please join our praise and worship. Please enjoy and sing with us. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear. Jesus, I must tell Jesus. 
Good morning and happy Sabbath. Welcome to our divine service. I would like to welcome us all to the place of worship, to the time of worship. Welcome to the presence of our God. It is a pleasure to come together to worship God. Welcome to Braintree, Basildon, Chelmsford, Maldon, all our online viewers, visitors, whether for the first time or our ongoing visitors, may God richly bless us today as we worship him in spirit and in truth. I'd like to share just two announcements with us this morning. The first one is that we continue our Bible studies at 3.30 this afternoon on the topic the state of the dead, please join us. And if there are others who you think would be interested in studying this topic, you can invite them to join us on Zoom. Um, my final announcement is for those of us who know the murders, um, it is a sad news to share that Pastor Murta died on Monday this week. Uh, let us remember the family in our prayers let us encourage them as much as we can and support them through this time of grief. I will go through the order of the program for today and then it will run unannounced. I will be doing the call to worship and the invocation after which we will have our opening song by Sister Luwindi Nali and family the intercessory prayer will follow by Elder Jim Wallace. Our offertory and the prayer will be done by Pastor John Melky. Our children's story will be presented by Sister Steffi George. Scripture reading will be done by Sky. Special song will be from Essence Acapella. Our sermon today will be given to us by Elder Emika. Uh, elder Emika is the first elder for Basildon Church. And since we have been worshiping together and have been working together, I found Elder Emika to be a quiet, efficient elder. I remember his last sermon to us on Zoom, which was entitled God's Will revealed and secret will. And I had found that a very interesting sermon where he presented God's prescriptive will, his permissive will, his sovereign will, and all of these. And so as he presented us on the title, to revive or not to revive, I am really looking forward to this because it sounds like a challenge or a choice. So we pray that God will use his manservant mightily today to bring his message to us. After the sermon, we will have the closing song by Brother Prakash and family. The benediction will be done by Elder Amika. Then I will give the vote of thanks. Let's turn our hearts to worship. Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his deeds among the peoples. 
mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Let us bow our heads for prayer. Our God, we come to you knowing that you are with us. You have promised to abide in our midst. And so we thank you that now we can acknowledge you. We pray that you will come in and take control of this our worship. May it be done in the beauty of holiness. May it be accepted by you. May you accept our praise, our glory, and and the honor that we give to you. Speak to your manservant, and may each of us be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you be free from your burdens of sin? There is power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil with victory win? There is wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There is power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for the cleansing to Calvary's tide. There is wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you do service for Jesus your King? There is power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily his praises to sing? There is wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we have come to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy. We thank you, Lord, for sparing our lives to see another Sabbath day. We thank you, Lord, for supply of your grace and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself to us through your words 
Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your words. May, may we be transformed into your likeness through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father God, there are so many people sick and dying because of this pandemic. We ask you, Lord, for the healing of the nation. Through you, all things are possible. Without you, we are nothing. We ask you, Lord, for wisdom and understanding. You restore the brokenhearted and heal the wounded. How great thou art. Lord, fill our hearts with love for one another. Oh, Lord, we ask you to bless the speaker of the hour and bless our pastor and his family. Bless each and every members and our visiting friends, dear Heavenly Father. We praise your holy name. We ask you, Lord, forgiveness of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer and answering our prayer. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. Guide and protect us from all harm and danger. This I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Happy Sabbath, Church. This is the time for our offering. Um, just I would like to say a few words, then we'll go for a video. Um, I sincerely thank every person who's diligently and generally contributing your offering for the glory of God. It's steadily increasing our tithe and offering. There is one thing that I would like to make mention. Uh, when you return your uh, tithe, we have no problem because it's very clear. But uh, in terms of offering, please may I encourage you to um, emphasize whether that's for the budget offering or Sabbath school offering, because uh, we are unable to see any Sabbath school offering. Um, so please, uh, uh, when that information came to my humble attention, then I speculated probably uh, it is fitting to um, encourage you to just to be mindful of it. So please kindly uh, don't ignore uh, the Sabbath school uh, uh, offering as well. So when you pay or uh, deposit your offering into your uh, church account, please uh, emphasize or uh, write it down, um, whether it is for Sabbath school or whether it is for uh, uh, church uh, offering or budget offering. Uh, so before I pray, uh, I just would like to show a video uh, from the general conference about this offering. Okay, now that you're already familiar with how tithing is a regular return of 10% from everything that God gives you, what about the offerings? What should trigger your decision to give promise, which is a regular and systematic return of offerings? Would it be a specific day on your calendar? Should it be every Sabbath? When there is gratitude in your heart, or a call from the pulpit, when you know about a good project, or even when you feel that it is the moment to give. Is there a biblical principle that you could use to determine when to bring your regular and systematic offering to God? Yes, 
In Malachi chapter 3 verse 8, we see a clear indication that both tithes and offerings are equally required and expected when there is an income. And the context also shows that not giving any of them would lead to separation from God and material ruin, as well as moral and spiritual decay. You can see that on verses 9 to 12. Solomon also provides a general principle about the regularity of offerings. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. What he means to say is that your promise or regular and systematic offerings should be given as first fruits, which is putting God first. It is the same system used for tithing. In other words, it should be the thing you set apart just after receiving any income or increase, right after your tithe, and before any other expense may be met. So, the regularity with which we honor God with regular offerings should be established not by our feelings, relevant projects, or calls from the pulpit, but by the frequency of the increase or the income that He gives us. It's not a donation. It's not a method of evaluating church leaders. It's an act of worship. Ellen G. White, God's Messenger, also emphasizes this point when she says that this matter of giving is not left to impulse. God has given us definite instruction in regard to it. He has specified tithes and offerings as the measure of our obligation, and He desires us to give regularly and systematically. God is inviting us to adopt the right principles when giving regular offerings. He expects that we will no longer be moved by feelings, sympathy, projects, or calls, but by His giving. Giving regularly to Him, as regularly as He is blessing us, will make us more aware of His care and strengthen our connection with the Creator and Sustainer of all life. May we put our desires last and God first. Let's bow heads for prayer. Our mighty God, our helper, and our burden bearer. There are many times, dear Lord, in our lives we pass through sickness and struggles. In spite of all these dark times, you were so good to us in uplifting and strengthening us, dear Lord. So we thank you for your marvelous character of love toward us. And therefore, dear Lord, help us to be grateful to you, even through worshiping you in tithe and offerings. The revival in our spiritual and physical life is not only about knowing the truth, but also submitting and acknowledging even through tithe and offering. So please, dear Lord, motivate us and help us so that we should not be ignorant of it. Thank you so much, dear Lord, and we praise for all the members who are really sincere and generous in returning their tithe and offerings. May them be prospered in all the ways as their souls are prospered. Their family be prospered as your heaven is prospered. Thank you, dear Lord, for hearing our prayers and blessing every person here in the Zoom and in YouTube. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Good afternoon and happy Sabbath, everyone. It's now time for Good afternoon and happy Sabbath, everyone. It's now time for children's story. So, children, I want you guys to listen really carefully to the story that I'm about to tell you. This week, we're going to do children's story a little different. So, I'm going to give you guys 60 seconds to get up from your seat and go and grab a plain piece of paper and a pencil and come back ready to listen to the story. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Help us. The captain didn't realize 
that Jonah didn't just believe in any God. He believed in the one true God, the one that would surely help them. Meanwhile, the other sailors had decided that the storm was all Jonah's fault. He must have done something wrong to make his God so angry, they thought. So they asked Jonah, what have you done? What God do you believe in? And how can we make this storm stop? Jonah told them, I believe in the Lord God of heaven, the one who made the sea and the land. And I'm running away from something that God has asked me to do. It's my fault that this is happening, they said. If you throw me into the sea, the storm will stop. Now let's draw a speech from out of Jonah, saying the word sorry. Just the men didn't want to hurt Jonah by throwing him off a boat, so they tried to row and row the best they could. But the storm just got worse and worse. So they picked up Jonah and they threw him into the sea. The storm immediately calmed and the sea became so still. The men on the boat realised that Jonah believed in the one true God of Israel and they prayed to him. Then the captain and the crew looked out to the sea and they saw a huge fish swallow up Jonah. Now let's draw a massive fish just under the sea getting ready to swallow up Jonah. So Jonah was swallowed by the fish. And God actually sent the fish to keep Jonah from drowning. And Jonah stayed in the fish for three days and three nights. So let's draw Jonah inside a big fish. Just think for a second, what would it be like inside a fish? There are no windows, there's lots of strange things floating around, and you can't see anything because it's so dark. I'm not sure what it would be like inside the fish, but I'm sure that Jonah probably didn't want to be there for any much longer. He never thought he would see daylight again. While Jonah was trapped inside the fish, he did a lot of praying. He asked God to forgive him for running away, and he also thanked God for not allowing him to drown. After the third day, God told the fish to spit Jonah out onto the dry land, and the fish did just that. Jonah was so happy to be out of the dark belly of the fish, and boy did he need a shower. He was slimy and so, so smelly. Now let's draw a line on underneath our fish because Jonah finally made it out of the sea. Just like this. Then the Lord told Jonah a second time to go to Nineveh and tell the people there to stop being bad. And this time Jonah obeyed God and he left for Nineveh right away. Now let's draw a city in the bottom of our page. We can have tall buildings and short buildings just like this. It has doors and windows and maybe even some people around the city. The city that we just drawn is Nineveh. And when Jonah got there, he told the people what had happened to him. He warned them 
that God said that they should stop doing bad things. Or in 40 days, the city and everything in it is going to be destroyed. To Jonah's surprise, the people listened to him and they prayed to God immediately and they said sorry for all the bad things that they had done. And when God saw that they were trying to be good instead of bad, he felt love for them and he did not destroy the city. What great news is that? Unfortunately, that's not the end of the story. Jonah left the city very angry. He was mad that God didn't punish the people. God saw Jonah and he knew exactly how he was feeling. So he explained to Jonah that he loves everyone, even the people who are doing bad. After all, he did create each and every one of us. God doesn't like to destroy people who are doing things bad. God would rather see that we turn from our bad ways and that we do good again. Now for the final drawing of our picture. Let's draw a massive love heart just on top of Nineveh. Let's, and let's write the words G-O-D inside the heart to show how much God loved the people of Nineveh. This Bible story tells us about how wonderful and how loving our God really is. So when we feel scared about something, instead of running away or hiding like Jonah did, God wants us to come to him and ask him for strength to face our fears. And when we do something wrong, instead of trying to forget about it or hiding from it, God wants us to tell him about it and ask him for forgiveness. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we'd just like to thank you for this children's story. Thank you that you're a God who loves us so much and that you're a God that's ready to forgive. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. So thank you for listening to that children's story and also thank you for taking part. After church, maybe you guys can add some colour and make the picture even more beautiful. Thank you for listening. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Our first scripture reading is taken from Exodus chapter 32 and verse 26. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me and all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Second scripture reading is taken from Psalms 85, verse 6 and 7. Wilt, wilt thou not revive us again that they, thy people, may rejoice in thee, show us thy mercy, O Lord, again grant us thy salvation. Amen.
see smiles on faces apart from Eva. Yes, Eva is smiling. Who else is smiling? Okay, good, good, good. We all need to smile. Today is a day of rejoicing. The Lord has made it this day that we will be glad and rejoice in it. So why are we all looking gloomy? I don't know about those who have been hidden behind the screen. But we are alive and well today. There's nothing to worry about. You know, one thing I've realized as, I, as I'm getting older is that this world is just a fleeting moment. 
there is no need for grudges. There is no need for anger. There is no need to worry about anything because everything will come to pass. All our troubles will be over soon. We should be ready to die any moment because a better place is waiting for us. There's nothing in this world with all this pandemic and all the suffering and all these things going on. When, when we fall asleep in the Lord, all these things will go away. So please, let us rejoice. Make yourself happy. It's only you who can make yourself happy. Nobody will do it for you. With this, I just want to, you know, say um, it is good to be in the house of the Lord and um, it is unfortunate um, and, and, and very unusual for me to sit and preach. But here we are. This is um, the way technology has made it. I don't have a stand so, um, for, my, for my laptop to be high enough for me to be able to stand to preach. But I just want to you know, welcome everybody, those who are watching online, as I bring this message of hope to every one of us. This is 2021, and our theme for the year is Be Revived. So our topic this for someone this afternoon, or this is still morning, few minutes to afternoon, it's a question. It is a question. Be revived to revive or not to revive. To revive or not to revive. You know, just like the people of Israel, we need to be careful not to let the world distract us from God. We need to be revived. Thank you very much to Sky. I didn't realize there was another Sky. And uh, so in our own bulletin, I put Sky Williams there. I didn't realize there was a Sky in Chelmsford or um, the other church. And uh, thank you very much for that uh, scripture reading. Exodus 32 verse 26 says, So he stood at the entrance to the camp and said, Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. And Psalm 85, 6 and 7 says, Will you not revive us again, that our people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let us pray. Father, Lord, I, I surrender myself to you, Lord. You know that I am not worthy to call upon your name, not alone speak to your people about the things of God. But Lord, you have given me a message and you have appointed such a time today that I speak to your people. Empty me, Lord, of self. Empty me and cleanse me of sins and touch my lips with hot coal that I may be anointed to speak words that will move your people this morning. Lord, I commit them into your hands and pray that the Holy Spirit through the anointing and the unction that you shall bring will bring a message that will touch your people this day, that they will receive the word with gladness and run with it. And it will change their lives to become revived, to follow you all the days of their lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The word is coming to us 
Um, most of you may have heard this story or read it somewhere. That in 1857, there was a 46-year-old man named Jeremiah Lamphere who lived in New York City. Jeremiah loved the Lord tremendously, but he didn't feel that he could do much for the Lord until he began to feel a burden, you know, for the lost and accepted an invitation from his church to be an inner city missionary. So in July of um, 1857, he started walking up and down the streets of New York, handing out tracts and talking to people about Jesus. But he wasn't having any success. Then God put it out in his heart to try prayer. So he printed lots of tracts and he handed them out to everyone and anyone he met. He invited anyone who wanted to come to the third floor of the old North Dutch Reformed Church on Fulton Street in New York City from 12 noon to 1 p.m. on Wednesday for prayer. He handed out hundreds and hundreds of flyers and put up posters everywhere he could. Wednesday came and at noon, nobody showed up. So Jeremiah got on his knees and started praying. For two weeks, he prayed and no one showed up. The third week, he began to pray. For 30 minutes, he prayed by himself when finally five people walked in. The next 20 people came. The next week, between 30 and 40 people showed up. They then decided to meet every day from 12 noon to 1 p.m. to pray for the city. Before long, a few ministers started coming and they said, we need to start this at our churches. And within six months, there were over 5,000 prayer groups meeting every day in New York City. Soon the word spread all over the world. Prayer meetings were started in Philadelphia, in Detroit, in Washington, DC. In fact, the president, Franklin Pierce, started going almost every day to a noonday prayer for this meeting. And by 1859, some 15,000 cities in America were having downtown prayer meetings every day at noon and thousands were brought to Christ. The great thing about this revival is that there is not a famous preacher associated with this. It was all started by one man who began to pray. What is revival? What is revival? Five definition, five definitions. 
Revival is the visitation of God that brings to life Christians who have been sleeping. Two, revival is an, uh, an inrush of the spirit and a time of refreshing. Revival is when the dry and thirsty receive a drenching from the Lord. Revival is when one believer gets right with God and allows the spirit of God to fill his or her life without wavering. Revival is when each believer begins to realize their sin and turn to God. I believe that we truly need the revival in our lives today. Our soul searching, heart wrenching, old fashioned, heaven sent, holy revival. But who needs this revival? Do we as a church need revival? Do you as an individual need revival? You know, we just had our 10 days of prayer a couple of weeks last, last week and um, ended a couple of weeks ago. And um, the theme of our song says, revive us again, fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. We always need to draw closer to God on a daily basis. Yes, we need to be revived. But some of us will say, I'm sorry, but I'm so busy. We should never be too busy to be revived for Christ. Revival meetings help us to focus on God and challenges us to, to serve him. You might say, I've got enough challenges in my life already. But are you being challenged in the right areas of your life? Do your challenges have eternal values? I believe that there are people who are good and not doing the wrong things. So they think they are good people. But true revival is people not just staying away from wrong things, it is being bold enough and close enough to the Lord with the courage to do the right things. It's time to pray that the fires of revival might spread to each one of us. May we be drawn closer to the Lord. Amen. Let us look at um, a story in the Bible that shows the people of God in the place that they needed revival. Let's look at their actions. In our passage today in Exodus chapter 32, we see Israel, the people of God, waiting for Moses to come down from the mountain with the word from the Lord. It had been 40 days of waiting. As they waited, they became pretty discontented with their situation. They wanted Aaron to give them a God to follow, since Moses was nowhere in sight. So Aaron built an 
a calf out of gold and they began to worship something other than God. So Moses came down from the mountain to see the results of the sin of the people. In Exodus 32, 19 to 33, especially verse 26, where our scripture reading comes from. When Moses came down, he saw what they had done and it was time to decide. Moses stood in the gates of the camp and he said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. These people had sinned a great sin. The very sin that they committed was the very first commandment given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. They had put a golden calf in the place of God. But look at an interesting fact. In Exodus 20, 18 to 19, see what happens. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountains in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. At this point in their lives, they were in awe of a powerful God. They were in awe of God and so afraid. But then in Exodus chapter 20, verse 23, God had told them that they should not worship any God of silver or gold, and yet they did not listen. Here, they were not in awe of God anymore. What about you, brothers and sisters? Remember when you first received Christ and were saved? You received him as your personal savior. You were on fire for Christ. You were in awe of God and you loved him. What about this church? This community? There was a need for revival. Moses, when Moses came down from the mountain, do you think he saw a need for revival? How do you know the church needs revival? How can I know that I need revival? I know that I need revival when I become discontented with the way things are going. It shows that I have stopped looking to God and not listening to him anymore. I know that I need revival when I start looking to other gods and I push God aside. I know that I need revival when I'm too busy doing my work or playing with my toys and I don't have time to get together with God. I know that I need revival when I begin to make excuses for my sin. I know that I need revival when I begin to make decisions or do some things that hurts or hinder the spiritual life and relationship of other people. I know that I need revival when I begin to disregard the relationship that I have with God. I need revival 
when I realize that my salvation no longer blesses me because my heart has gradually become hardened to the things of God. A young boy loved to fish. So one afternoon he went fishing. He began looking around for worms that he needed to bait for the fishes, but couldn't find any. He finally turned over a log of wood and found several of them slittering around. He put, picked them up and put them in his one gallon coffee can and started off to his favorite fishing hole. As he began baiting his hook, something pricked his fingers and he just ignored it and began catching some fishes, big fishes. He would rebate his hook, but still would feel a prick on his fingers. He continued fishing until he caught his limit of big fishes. He left and along the way, he showed a policeman how many fishes he had caught. By the time he got to the policeman, his arms were swollen. The officer noticed there was something wrong and, and rushed him to the hospital. But the boy died on the way there. Why? Why would you die from catching fishes? The young boy had been beaten by baby copperheads that he had mistaken for worms. Sin catches us with one small bite at a time until we are so deep into it that we do not notice anymore. The fishes looked good. Our sin looks good for a while, but eventually it will kill us. There is a song that says, I was sinking deep in sin. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me, now safe I am. That's revival. When God lifts us out, of the mire and sin our lives and places us in his arms again. Why do we need revival today? Because we have a need for it. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need revival in 2021. 
we need to be revived in 2021. There was a decision to be made in verses 26. Who is on the Lord's side? There needs to be a time in your life when you purposefully make a decision, a commitment to God. There needs to be a decision to draw us close to the Lord. God will never force himself on you. This is a decision that we make daily for the Lord. The question is, will you take time today for the Lord? Who is on the Lord's side? Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hit the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve to God. He cannot serve God and mammon. Revelation chapter 3 verse 15 says, I know thy works, that thou art neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were either hot or cold. So then because you are lukewarm, you are neither hot nor cold, I will spill you out of my mouth. It's time to make a decision to get on God's side. As people of this church, we need to see the Lord up close and personal. We need to be revived. Why? To lead the people in revival. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord. We need to acknowledge that he is God and we are all his servants. Once we make a decision to be revived, there has to be a starting place. There was a beginning of revival in verse 29. Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, he says. And that consecration is to devote irrevocably to the worship of God. As the people of this church, we need to set ourselves apart to the Lord and choose this day, this month, this year, to devote irrevocably to the worship of God. Just like the children of Israel, there has to be a starting point. Move out today in obedience to God. Move out today in obedience to the Lord. Church, it's time to let revival begin. It's time to allow God to live out his will and promises within our lives. It's time to allow the God of the mountains to be the one and only one and the only God of your life. It's time to devote irrevocably to the worship of God. Will you seek revival today? Be revived. Be revived. Be revived, brothers and sisters. Amen.
up, stand up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. He soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. From victory unto revival in our lives individually as families and the collective community of the church of christ but we cannot do this on our own and so we are asking lord that you send us your holy spirit to come and descend on us from on high and give us a double portion of your power that we may be truly revived lord we have to choose because you cannot force us. Just like Moses asked for those who are on the lost side and the Levites came and rallied around, around him. Help also, Lord, that as this call has been made for revival, Lord, that will rally around you to be revived. Thank you, Father, for your children. Thank you for the race of life and salvation that we are all in. Help us that we may run it to the end, that we may receive a crown of life and glory that 
you alone will give us for perseverance, for remaining steadfast and being faithful. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We truly want to thank God for sending us that message through Elder Emika that we need revival. When we become discontented with the way things are, when we become busy that we have no or little time for God and for his work, when we are doing things that hinder other people's progress in their relationship with God, we need to come to God for revival in humility and confession. Amen. There is a time to begin revival. Mm. We need to start our revival now. Be revived. Thank you so much, Elder Mika. And we'd like to thank God for his children who have allowed him to use them in his service today. The Braintree team for praise and worship for Sister Lewindy and her family. Rod Elder Jim Wallace, Pastor Melky, Sister Steffi George with that story. Sky, Essence Acapella, our own Elder Mika, Brother Prakashan family. We thank you all for your service and we praise God that he has used you. We want to thank God also for our media team who has worked so well for us throughout these times to bring the services to us and also to stream them. We praise God that he is blessing us each and every day as we continue to praise him, as we continue to live for him. May he strengthen us day by day and increase our faith in him. Thank you. May God bless you. And remember our Bible study at 3.30 this afternoon. God be